0: bruntinsurance.com 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zazlo Show 2.0. Welcome to Zaslow Show 2.0 presented from day one by Anajar and Levine accident attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident any personal injury slip and fall motorcycle car accident bike anajar and levine accident attorneys 800-747-3 that's 800-747-3733 title sponsors from day number one no before day number one of Zazlo show 2.0 my guys mark anajar glenn levine ellie anajar Welcome Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Tuesday, the 17th of January. Good to have you aboard. We Got a lot going on here today. A lot to get to. We'll pack it into a Tuesday show. However you're listening to us, the show is always presented by Anna Jarr and Levine Accident Attorneys. 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. If you're dealing with any kind of personal injury from an accident, Get an attorney on the phone immediately when you call Anajar and Levine, 800-747-3733. Title sponsor of all things Zaslow Show 2.0. So we're going to have our pal Israel Gutierrez on the show with us today. We're going to talk a lot. We'll talk Dolphins with him. We'll talk some heat with him. We are, uh, you know, we're two days removed now from the Dolphins losing the wild card game and you know, that means uh, we can take a look back to our poll question from yesterday. Our poll question, of course, you go at Zazlo Show. You can hit me up there on Twitter. And this Twitter, again, still nothing from this Elon Musk. I, I, look, I know a lot, I know he's like kind of a lightning rod. A lot of people hate him. Well, I hate him now, too, because of this Twitter fiasco. And I'm not talking about, you, you know, the blue check mark stuff or suspending people or. What have you? I know a lot of people are beefing with Elon Musk now. But he 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 canceled the third-party Twitter apps. You know, like I've been using Tweetbot for like 10 years. Tweetbot, such a good Twitter app. So now I've been he shut down the third-party apps with no explanation. Nothing. Has like that's 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 a shit way to treat your consumers. And so now I'm forced to use this regular the, the native Twitter app and it sucks balls, man. Like, I, I don't know how you guys are using this regular Twitter app. I, I can't even navigate it. It's weird. And, and when I'm scrolling on the timeline, like, there's people I don't follow on the timeline. And it's out of order. I, I don't know how to use it. I hate this native Twitter app. Anyway, you go at Zaslow Show. You can hit me up. I don't even know if I'm getting my mentions. I really don't. Uh, yesterday, the poll question. Zaslow Show 2.0 poll after sleeping it off. How do we feel? about the Miami Dolphins' loss on Sunday. You know I was very angry. I was really pissed off with the way the game ended. I just feel like they didn't give themselves a chance, you know? Where uh, And the offense stunk the whole game. Very rare you could score 31 points and the offense stunk. They had, remember how bad the Dolphins' offense was against the Jets in Week 18? They had more yards against the Jets than they did in this playoff game. Dolphins' offense stunk. But after sleeping it off, how do we feel about the Miami Dolphins' loss? And the the poll result, you know, the question, the, the the answers. Excuse me, were mad at Mike McDaniel, proud of the team, f the Bills, and the winner at sixty seven percent of the vote. You guys were proud of the team. Twenty one percent said f the Bills. Twelve percent were still mad at Mike McDaniel. So, I mean, at this point, if I had to say, I would go f the Bills. That's how, I would be with the twenty one percent. I'd go f the Bills. I'm not, like, mad at Mike McDaniel right now. I'm not still—I don't even know—I don't even know I would say that I was mad at Mike McDaniel. I mean, he, he he was terrible on Sunday, and that's something he needs to improve on. But, uh, you know, they're—he they're, he looked like a rookie coach out there. I'm not still mad at him. I don't even know I was mad at him in the first place. I was just angry at the whole scenario. So I would go F the Bills, but 67% of the Zaslow Show 2.0 listener— You guys are proud of the team. All right. Hey, however you're listening to the show right now, like, rate, comment, do all that good stuff. Tell all your friends about the show. The show continues to grow every single day, and I appreciate you guys. So, we couldn't get the double dip yesterday. The double dip, of course, everybody knows, is when the Dolphins and the Panthers win On the same day. Panthers win yesterday afternoon. Setting it up for the Heat to give you the double dip. Normally it's the other way around. Where the Heat will get you the win. And the Panthers will blow it. Well the Panthers got the win yesterday. They're now 21-20 and 4. They're at Toronto tonight. Very big test. The Maple Leafs are awesome. The Panthers are not. And the Heat. They blew it yesterday afternoon. Martin Luther King Day in Atlanta. The Heat come up short. We'll get to both of those coming up in a moment. But let's start out with last night man. So. Monday Night Football last night. We we have all of our divisional round games. They're all set up now. We got Jacksonville at Kansas City. New York Giants at Philadelphia. That's going to be a banger. Cincinnati at Buffalo. And Dallas at San Francisco. The Cowboys last night, 31-13. They crushed, they embarrassed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Was it Tom Brady's final game? That's the big conversation today. Uh, Tom Brady was terrible, I mean, he's throwing the ball out there sixty times. The Buccaneers fired Byron Leftwich earlier today, and the conversation is going to be: What's Tom Brady going to do? Is he going to retire? Is he going to continue to play for the Bucks? The come to the Dolphins stuff—it's nonsense. That that ship sailed a couple years ago. Get over it. The Dolphins' quarterback is Tua Tonga vailoa, as Chris Greer, who addressed the media yesterday, said. Unless doctors were to say, and they expect him to be cleared, unless doctors were to say that he's not going to be allowed to play football anymore, they fully expect a full recovery, that he'll be the quarterback next year, and that the doctors assure them that these concussions this year does not make him any more or less susceptible to concussions in the future. I mean, I'm not a doctor. That's what they're saying. I believe in science. So not more or less Susceptible to concussions in the future. There you have it. But the story from last night's game, well, there are a couple stories. Number one, Tom Brady. Is Tom Brady done? After the game got up to a slow, like it was a terrible game. You had great games this weekend. Cincinnati and Baltimore was great. Jacksonville and the Chargers were great. Giants and Vikings was great. Dolphins Bills was great. You had great games this weekend. And it was all kind of leading up to a crescendo, right? It was like Cowboys, Bucks. This is a big one. ESPN gets the marquee Monday night football game. America's team, Dallas Cowboys. Tom Brady. Everyone loves watching Brady. And that game was a dud. Matter of fact, it was the worst game of the weekend. Because even 49ers Seattle, the Seahawks led that game at halftime. At least half the game was fun. That game last night was a bore. I I didn't... I mean, I bailed on it. I was back and forth, you know, watching my stories. Oh, Monday Night Raw, so good last night. That Rhea Ripley, I love her so much. That stare down in the opening segment, Rhea Ripley and Solo Sikoa. oh my god, I, I was marking out hard for that. All right, anyway, uh, and listen, it's still real to me every Saturday under Zaslow Show 2.0, that's the wrestling podcast. Anyway, that game was a dud last night, but the story's gonna be Brady, and what's Brady gonna do? I mean, the game ended, Brady runs off the field, kisses his dad on the mouth, kisses his mom on the mouth. That's something, huh? At his age, still kissing the dad and the mom on the mouth. And, you know, runs off into the dressing, into the locker room. So, at the end of his post-game availability, give this a listen here, and this is the, you know, him kind of saying goodbye, you know, talk to you guys, uh, you know, see you when I see you. This is the part that's going to be dissected. What does Tom Brady mean here?
1: Yeah, it just feels like the end of the season I just want to say thank you guys for everything that you do. I really appreciate all your effort. You know, I know it's hard for you guys too. It's hard for us players to make it through and you guys got a tough job and I appreciate all that you guys do to cover
2: us and everyone who watches and the big fan of the sport. We're very grateful for everyone's support and um, you know, hopefully um, you know, I love this organization. It's a great
1: place to be and thank you everybody for welcoming me. All you regulars and um, just very grateful for the respect and I and, uh, hope I Gave the same thing
0: back
1: to you guys, so thank you very
0: much. So is he is he saying goodbye because this is it? He's retiring, you know, again, or I I don't quite see it that way. I, I honestly don't think that he knows. And he said there's no timetable on his decision for what's next. I honestly don't think he knows. I think he's gonna take some time. I think he's gonna see what the Buccaneers do as an organization. Clearly, Brady was not pleased with Leftwich. They fired him today. Hey, hey, Tom. We, we want you back. So we're gonna, we're going to get rid of Leftwich right away and try and find a, a you know a better offensive coordinator for you. I truly don't think that Brady knows what he's going to do. I think that was more about thanking the media for being respectful of his personal life. This was a very difficult year for him, of course. And I think that probably goes into his thinking for what he's going to do next year, which is, does he want to end his career, A, on such a sour note, losing the way they did first ever under 500 season, or I think there's also a part of him that thinks, I'll be another year removed from the personal stuff, I'll be able to focus more on football, on the team, and I'll be able to go out much better than this. I think he's going to be back... I think he's going to be back with Tampa. And I think that right there, that goodbye, was about thanking the media for, you know, maybe they knew, maybe they had extra information about his personal life that they decided, yeah, you know what, that's not for print. That's not for everyone else to know. That is a very personal and difficult season for Tom Brady. I think he was thanking the media for being very respectful of a really difficult season for him personally. Because I don't think every media... I don't think every media, uh, I don't don't think every city, I don't think every city's media, every team's media would have necessarily been as respectful as he believes that the Tampa media was. You know, you're up there in the Northeast, maybe if he's even still in in, in New England. Are they not digging and printing the personal stuff and, you know, uh, little notes, little nuggets about what's going on with him and now his ex-wife? I think that I don't think that was about him saying goodbye that he's retiring, and and if you see it that way, hey, there's certainly a, a major case to be made. I think that was more about I appreciate you guys being really respectful. Now, the other story from last night's game, and by the way, I'm glad the Cowboys won. I like when the Cowboys are involved. I like when the Cowboys, I, I you know the Cowboys, I don't I don't think they bid the NFC title game since the '90s. I think it's more interesting when the Cowboys are involved. I got nothing against Cowboys. Everybody hates Cowboys. Americans. I don't hate the Cowboys at all. I was rooting for the Cowboys yesterday. I'm going to root for them at San Francisco this weekend. It's interesting when the Cowboys are involved. And, you know, it's kind of like the Yankees with me. I like when the Yankees are involved. I don't have any beef with the Yankees. I hate the Red Sox. I hate the Mets, if we're talking New York. I don't have any beef with the Yankees. I, I hope... I'm glad Dallas won last night. It's more interesting when the Cowboys are involved. That's a huge... If Dallas can win this weekend and get to the NFC title game, that's a massive, massive story. America's team. So, I like that the Cowboys won yesterday. So, here's what happens. So, the Cowboys go up 6-0 last night. They missed the extra point. My oldest is like, oh my god, I missed the extra point? Okay. They end up going up 12 nothing. I saw this on my on my phone because I wasn't in front of the TV. They go up 12 nothing. My son goes, did they miss the extra point again? I go nah, they must have went for two. They must have been chasing. Well, no. Then I went and checked, and they missed the extra point again, which is crazy to miss two. Then I see they're up eighteen nothing. Again, I'm kind of in and out of this game. It was it was a bad game. They're up eighteen nothing. Whoa, 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 whoa! Stop the clock. He missed another extra point. Yeah, you did. I I can't believe it. And then I see they're up twenty four nothing. Hold up. There is no way he missed a fourth extra point. But he did. You've never seen anything like it. Now he ended up making the fifth. Okay, good for him. One for five on extra points yesterday. I mean, that's batshit. Four extra points missed? You shouldn't be missing one. You don't need me to tell you that. And I don't know what you do moving forward. Who knows, maybe by the time you're listening, because you're in the future right now, I'm in the past. No spoilers. You're in the future. Maybe they've released Brett Maher. I, I don't know. Although, you're not going to release him before you find a replacement. It's going to be a short week for them. You know, I, I assume their game is Sunday. It's probably Sunday night. It's going to be a short week for them. You bring in a new kicker to kick for you in the divisional round. I, I don't I don't think you could do that. I think, unfortunately, you got to stick with Maher. What does it mean as far as field goal attempts? They went for a fourth and four at one point. I think they were up 24-0 at the time. You would would figure, you'd go for a field goal there. But they didn't trust him. And you can't be missing extra points. I'm, you know, Dak Prescott. Well, the quarterbacks. We'll get to the Manning stuff. The Manning cast. Oh, quarterbacks. They they can't handle it when the kicker's missing extra points. I felt really bad for this Brett Maher. After the third. Because you're watching this guy sell. You're watching him implode on a national stage there's a lot of shame and embarrassment at that point I know a lot of a lot of you listening may be like oh who care's a kicker he's got one job you're right but then it's also like a human being who is imploding in front of everybody I felt really bad I felt really bad for him so I don't think anything's gonna come of it I think he's still gonna be the kicker next weekend. But now we, we got our games, all right? Jacksonville at Kansas City, which I, I don't see how Jacksonville stays close with them. New York Giants at Philadelphia is going to be awesome. Cincinnati at Buffalo is going to be awesome. Obviously, you got the unfortunate storyline as, uh, you know, Cincinnati's back at the scene of the DeMar Hamlin stuff from a couple weeks ago. And then you got Dallas at San Francisco, which should be great. Old school, mid-90s, NFC Championship style game. Cowboys 49ers. This is, is going to be a great divisional round weekend. And wild card, Super Wild Card Weekend was very good. Like I said, every game but two were good. Last night was terrible and even Seattle-San Francisco the first half was really good. Super Wild Card Weekend was a major success. Very, very good weekend. The heat yesterday, before we get to our Pau Israel Gutierrez. Also, you know what? Before we get to our pal Israel Gutierrez, I want to tell you guys about Doctors on Call 365. If you're not feeling so hot, all right, being sick's the worst. But having to make that appointment and then your doctor can't see you for a couple weeks when you're sick or you need a prescription right now. So inconvenient. What if I told you that Doctors on Call 365 will come to your home and treat you right there? Yeah, that's right. Doctors on Call 365, South Florida's urgent care that comes to you. Broward County, Miami-Dade, Southern Palm Beach as well. If you're not feeling well, you don't have to go to the ER, wait for hours, and then your copay is going to be more than Doctors on Call 365 charges you. Now, Doctors on Call 365 is self-pay, but you got Medicare acceptance on the way. Private insurance acceptance is down the line also. But you're avoiding the crowded ER or urgent care. And like I said, you're going to pay less for doctors on call 365 out of pocket than what your copay is going to wind up being after waiting hours at the ER, all right? Now look, not, we're not talking mental health situations or sexual health. You can't call up and say, "Hey, listen, I got a burning sensation, uh, you know where." That you got to go to your regular doctor for that. But otherwise, you need a COVID test, a strep test, a flu test, IV fluids, you need X-rays or you need blood drawn, you need a prescription filled or refilled. Doctors on call 365.com, they're coming to your home that day. 786-577-9302. You get someone on the phone immediately. 786-577-9302. Doctors on call 365.com. So the heat last night, or yesterday afternoon I should say, Panthers had a real good win in the afternoon. The Sabres are a team that's in the mix there with the Panthers chasing a wild card spot. After the Panthers win there yesterday 4-1, and Bobrovsky was excellent. Boy, Brandon Montour's having a season, huh? But after the Panthers win 4-1, they are now four points back, uh, are, is it four points? I believe they're four points back. Four points back of the number two wildcards, but they have no chance in the division, the Panthers, and I'll tell you why, okay? The Panthers right now, as far as the number three spot in the Atlantic division, and the number two spot is Toronto, who the Panthers are at tonight. Toronto is 13 points ahead of the Panthers, but the number three spot, Tampa, they're 11 points ahead of the Panthers, and if that's not bad enough, the Lightning also have three games in hand. So potentially, they could be 17 points ahead of the Panthers. The Panthers have no shot at catching the top three in the division. So your sights are set on the wild card. And Pittsburgh right now, who has the second wild card spot, the Panthers are four points back of them now, but Pittsburgh's got two games in hand. So you're, it's still a lot to ask for in the, in the wild card. And there's only two spots there available. You're eight points back of Washington in the wild card. You have a game in hand on Washington. So these games are all huge. The problem is, they dug themselves such a big hole that there are really only two spots available for them. And that's the wild card spots, which right now are held by Washington and Pittsburgh. So, four points back of number two Pittsburgh, but the Penguins have two games in hand. That's a problem, of course. Tonight, the Panthers are at the Maple Leafs, who, like I said, 59 points on the season for the Maple Leafs, second in the Atlantic Division. Tonight's a very big test. Now, like tonight would be a good game. Hey, Sasha Barkov, go out there and lead the team to a big road win in Toronto. Huh? How about it? So, we'll see. Now... The Heat yesterday afternoon, they lose to Atlanta, and for me it's kind of like, like I don't know, it's, it's a stupid loss yesterday, it's stupid because, not that they lost to Atlanta, you could lose to the Hawks, losing to the Hawks, I get, they're gonna lose, I wasn't mad at the Heat game yesterday, they're going to lose road games, and losing at Atlanta, there's, there's no real shame in that, now the Heat didn't defend yesterday, Hawks shot almost 60% for the game, Um but, the, like, the so so, I'm not necessarily frustrated that they lost at the Hawks. You're going to lose road games, but, you know, they come out, they're down by 24 points. You it, And they got to within four late in the fourth quarter, but you never got the ball back with a chance to tie. You never got the ball back in a one-possession game. So the Heat lose 121-113. Tyler Hero really struggled. Huge game by Jimmy Butler. Hero came back, though. That's a good sign. The Heat are next up... uh tomorrow at New Orleans. Play New Orleans twice this week. Tomorrow at New Orleans and Friday at Dallas, then back home Sunday against New Orleans here. If the Heat would have won yesterday afternoon, they would have become eight and one. Instead they're seven and two. They would have been eight and one without Kyle Lowry. You know I was gonna be all over that today. We're going to get Ezra Gutierrez on in a couple minutes here. We're going to ask... Uh, I'm going to tell him. I will get. Rid of, I would get rid of Lowry for nothing. We'll see what he says. I would get rid of him for nothing. We'll see what he's hearing about Kyle Lowry and whether or not the Heat are trying to move him. But now 7-2 and two without Kyle Lowry. And like I said, I'm not getting rid of Kyle Lowry for nothing because of Gabe Vincent. I'm doing it because of Oladipo. And I think the Heat are just better without Lowry. And I'm not sure if Lowry will take to a role coming off the bench where you can lessen his minutes. And... I, I don't know how much of a factor it is with Jimmy where it's like, ah, oh, you know, it's Jimmy's guy. Is he gonna be upset if you trade Lowry? The heat of taking care of Jimmy Butler. I mean, whatever the contract was they gave him, he's gonna make fifty million dollars a year real soon. I, I I think Jimmy's just kinda gotta kinda eat it on that one if the heat winds up moving Kyle Lowry. So I'm not really angry about the loss yesterday. You're gonna lose you're gonna lose road games. And losing a game at Atlanta, it is what it is. All guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 are brought to us by our beer of choice, official beer of Zaslow Show 2.0. Of course, we're talking about Johnny Cuba, European roots of the Caribbean soul. Start your day with a refreshing German lager in a can. You can pick up a six pack right now. Your local Sedano's, Presidente, Win dixie Fresco y Mas. Go get yourself a six pack of Johnny Cuba. And don't forget, of course, Johnny Cuba's mantra, I practically live my life by it. Stay tranquilo. And joining us here is our pal, ESPN's Israel Gutierrez, checking in with us. Hello, Israel. Good morning. How are you?
1: What's up, Saz? I'm doing well.
0: So let's, uh, I want to talk to you about the Dolphins. You're a lifelong Dolphin fan like myself. I want to hear what your experience was there, you know, with the Dolphins losing on Sunday afternoon. But first, let's talk about last night. Uh, I played the clip earlier in the show, you know, Tom Brady post-game last night. I don't know if you heard the post-game clip when he ended his press conference, but he he essentially, uh, you know, he was certainly saying goodbye for this season to the media, uh, thanking everyone, you know, the organization, thanking you guys. Uh, do you feel like Tom Brady, you know, after the game he ran over, he gave his parents a kiss. Uh, do you feel like Tom Brady is is saying goodbye to the NFL uh, what did you make of that?
1: Um, I feel like he has never been more sort of mortal, never really re- uh, been closer to the end, obviously, uh, and recognize that it's there. Um, I think he is, <clears throat> you know, this season with the Bucks is probably uh, helping him push him in that direction because it wasn't, you know, the best, because he probably saw what it looked like if everything around him wasn't, you know, ideal or in a a perfect setting and said, Hey, um, if I don't find the perfect team and perfect teammates for next season, I might not be able to do it next season. It might look like this and maybe I don't want to do that. And so I think he is sort of more than ever really considering it. And then it's just a matter of, Hey, like, what do I feel in a month from now or two weeks from now, even, and then where do I project uh, possible, you know, a team possibly fitting me. And I think, you know, it, I mean, I've, I've read report, heard reports um, that it still might very well be the Bucs. And, you know, they've shown they can piece together a team for him. So why not do it again? And, you know, there's all those uncertainties in other organizations. But, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes either way. But I think, yeah, I think this year probably prepared him more for retirement than any other year.
0: I think him kind of saying, you know, goodbye, you know, thanking the media at the end there. I, I think that was more about thank you for being respectful to me. This was a tough year for me personally. Uh, we know all the rumors are out there. Maybe you guys had more information than you actually printed. And for that, like, I, I really appreciate it. I, I think I mean, obviously, everything you just said with his you know career moving forward, I'm sure it is all on the table. But I really think that whole thing last night with the me I, I think it was about him like, thank you for being respectful to me. This was a tough year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see the situation where, um, you know, somebody has a personal issue at home and the media is just a bunch of a-holes. You know? <laughs> uh, because I think that's kind of how, and I know I've always treated that with, you know at home situations and it's not like something i want to publicize. i don't know you, so, you
0: know if he if he played uh, he's a different animal but if he played up in philadelphia or up in new york you, you don't think uh you know someone's writing about what's going on at home i don't know
1: i don't Maybe know. even I if mean he was
0: still in boston
1: i think he's probably that good at be keeping it private because it's not like we've known anything about his private life all this time but yeah i mean that's a possibility
0: Uh, did you, uh, were you surprised with the game last night? Like I, I, this was the one game Mm. of the weekend that, and I said this on my show yesterday. I said, I don't know what's going to happen in this game because the Cowboys are a weird team. Like the Cowboys we've seen, I mean, 40 to three against the Vikings and we've seen them lose 26 to six against the commanders. Like, I don't know what to expect from that game last night.
1: And I think that's why I wasn't too shocked is because, um, you know, the team that was inconsistent was the the Cowboys and you didn't know what they were going to get. And I thought that was the reason why they, you know, the Bucs could have won it and the Bucs could have made it a more interesting game, a more interesting story. Um, I thought Dallas winning was, you know, boring and what what we kind of expected. But, um, you know, can they keep that up? I don't know. But they did it for the one game against the Bucs, and they made Brady look bad. And so it's just like – I mean, he didn't even look bad, 300, 350 yards. But um, they look more like themselves. Uh, I don't know if they can do that for four straight games. But, um, yeah, to me, the Cowboys all season long have just been super boring. Like, <laughs> I know they've had, uh, you know, a uh, backup come in for a couple of games and play well, but uh, just outside of, like, Tony Pollard exploding for, like, 30-yard runs, or are just not – I don't know. They're just not my my team this year.
0: Do you hate the Cowboys? Because I, I like when the Cowboys are involved. You know, it's kind of like the Yankees with me. I got I got no problem with the Yankees. I like when the Yankees are... Now, I hate the Mets, but I got no problem huh. with the Yankees. I like when the Yankees are involved. I like when the Cowboys are involved. Like, you, if you told me right now the Cowboys can win next weekend in... Now, they're not going to, but they could win next weekend in San Francisco. And then you got the Cowboys in the NFC title game, one game away from the Super Bowl. Like... Sign me up for that. Like I, I like when the Cowboys are involved. I like
1: when the Cowboys are good, when they're fun to watch. I just don't, like I said, I don't know if like they're that much fun to watch. Like Dak is just kind of, you know, typical everyday quarterback. And I think uh, uh, they're not that explosive. Uh, the defense is, you know defensive line is fun. But uh, I don't know. They're just not, like, I, I don't think that they're interesting just because of the star. Like, I think they've got to be a really good team.
0: After which miss did you start to feel bad for the kicker?
1: I don't feel bad. You didn't feel kickers. bad. No, no. I mean, first of all, you got, you got to get your extra points straight and you've got to be good at that. And like, you've got the one job in the sport that like everybody thinks they can do and nobody cares about. And it's like, just, you know, get it right. And so, Wow. No (laughs)
2: empathy. No
1: empathy. I don't like, I don't, I mean, they're, they're going to, he's probably going to get it right. He's probably going to, you know, keep his job. He's probably going to have another job in the future. It's just like, and if you're not good enough, you're not good enough, but.
0: Like that, like that was great. Did you did you see any of the clips from Manning cast last night? No. no. Oh my god! Like Peyton was cutting him at halftime. I mean, just straight (laughs) up on national team. can you cut a kicker at halftime? It's a good
1: time to get those misses, though, isn't it?
0: I think he missed one last week too in the last regular season game. So you kind of felt like he was getting it out of the way then. I don't know if I was up with four more last night.
1: He got one at the end though, didn't he?
0: Yes, he did. He made the last one. So he's back on track. Oh man, I, I've never, look, no one's ever seen anything like that. It was like Chuck Knobloch. That's who we're watching yeah. last night. It was like Chuck yeah. Uh How did you, as a Dolphin fan, how did you experience Sunday? <sighs> because, you know, I went into the game, obviously thinking they're going to get annihilated. I mean, how could you not? And it certainly looked like that when they were down 17, nothing. But I think expectations change, you know, expectations could change during the game where, I didn't end that game. Oh, I'm glad they, you know, they put up a good fight. They were a 13 and a half point dog. Like for me, once you're up 24, 20 late in the third quarter, like it's winning time. Let's win this game. And, and the way the game ended, I felt like they didn't give themselves a chance to win the game. And I was really angry.
1: Okay. How long did that last? Your anger? Uh,
0: No, the whole day. Rest of the day.
1: Okay. And then after that, you thought what?
0: Oh, I mean, oh, I still feel this like I'm I'm well, the assessing the team overall is 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 tough because do we feel we know any more about the quarterback situation going into next year as we did going into this year? Like the assessing the team parts really difficult, right? It is,
1: but I think more so in the general picture of, hey, let's just say you do have a quarterback for, you know, let's just say you do get an offseason and and they say he's okay to play then you're feeling pretty good, right? Yeah, I think right. you're probably feeling better if you get like a high quality backup. Um, no offense to Teddy Bridgewater, Skyler Thompson. Um, but I think in the overall, the way they recovered in that game um, with Skyler Thompson uh, as not necessarily being great, right? There were other parts of the team that showed out for you. And I think that was more encouraging because like, Look, they weren't going to win the next three games. They weren't going right. to win the next game. Right. right. Uh, and so it just made you just sort of have to like take what you can. Like, it'd be great to have another game next weekend, but um, you kind of sort of take what you can get from that. And it feels like, hey, I don't need my quarterback to be a super duper star. I need him to be pretty darn good. Um, And the rest of the team, I've got a good team around me. And I do think that you know if you're going to get mad at, at at Mike McDaniel, great. Like get mad at Mike McDaniel. Say, hey, learn the value of a timeout, and you know work your your clock management better, and work those skills. Uh, you know work those muscles in the offseason. Okay, fine. Like if that's what you're saying is the problem, then I think it's fixable. It's a minor tweak. Um, if you're telling me, hey, the defensive coordinator is a problem because he's in cover zero all the time until they force him out of it, or if you tell me you know, Mike McDaniel's running game isn't as good as advertised, then there's more depth there to to worry about. But I don't think that I don't think the latter's the case. I think a defensive coordinator, if you are going to make a replacement, is not the end of the world. This team's seen a few of them over the last couple, uh, you know, handful of years. So um I I think it's it's you feel good about it. I think, you know, uh you're angry because it's just like, man, I wish I could have had that game. I wish I would have had the ability to really, really Uh, brag about this team or that win or that upset but okay I'm good with what we have I understand the circumstances of this year that was the point this team was eight and three and looking like you know the best team in the AFC and so uh, I think you sort of take it all in totality and say that was a great year a fun ending like when was the last time like a, a fun football a playoff game for the Dolphins? Like it was, it was a good finish and, um, you know, a good performance. And so that's how I feel uh, when I, when I end that game, maybe it's a little too much perspective for the moment. And, you know, that's not the way sports fans normally work and that's fine. Like um, maybe I sort of went through that process too quickly, but that's where I am.
0: You know, I, I, I heard a lot on social media about Skylar Thompson, a rookie quarterback, third string quarterback, but rookie quarterback, you know, what do you expect and you hear that with with plenty of other rookie quarterbacks, whether they make the playoffs or not, why don't we afford that type of leeway to rookie head coaches? Because, like, I look back at the game on Sunday, and I'm like, and I'm not excusing Mike McDaniel. He was terrible on Sunday, and I like him, but he was terrible. Yeah. Why don't we have the same leeway sort of, yeah, you know, rookie coach I feel like we expect coaches to be a finished product in year number one and why do we I do think that? it's be-
1: because because we think we can do it like if we were out there managing the clock we'd be like better at it or we know when to use the timeout and when not to use the timeout like I don't know I think you just um you just don't because you know it's something that you should be good at when you get that job you know you should have uh the game under control when you get that job and um I think what he's going to learn is that maybe the play calling, you know, burying your head in the play in the playbook, you know, whenever you're not, you know, when you're ever on offense, I think might sort of take away from your ability to focus on some of the other finer details of the game. Uh, Maybe you should trust somebody else to make, to to make those play calls. Um, And then, yeah, I, I, I do think that you do or some people give or the right people give the, the, the rookie coaches, the, the leeway or the slack if necessary. Um, I don't think he's going to, you know, I I don't think this is going to linger with him for a long time. I think if next year, you know, they come out and they make some uh, improvements and, you know, he's not uh, showing these little sort of rookie errors in terms of, you know, wasting those timeouts or, or the clock management, I think, uh, you'll forget all about this. And so, um, I think you know the where where you should focus is the ability to, I mean, he still got this team uh to the playoffs. he still found ways to get those receivers wide open. and frankly, like, you know, you got other people who failed you in that game too. So it's not just the the head coach you have to uh you have to sort of scrutinize you can talk about your wide receivers not helping you out much too.
0: well, I mean, look, I, I think his job going into this year, was find out if they have a quarterback, and they did find out they have a quarterback. Now he can't control the injury stuff, okay? But right. we found out that we have that they have a quarterback, and then on top of it, they also made the playoffs, and that was on top of being without that starting quarterback for five games. So I, I think Mike McDaniel, even though I could say he was t- he had a terrible game Sunday, I could sit here and tell you I I thought he passed with flying colors in his rookie year.
1: Well, the f- most important thing to me, especially in that league where it can go the other way so quickly, is did he get the respect of the locker room of his players, of his star players? And I think he absolutely did.
0: Based on their performance Sunday, I would assume so.
1: Yeah, I think he absolutely did, and, and I think that I think making the playoffs in that game against the Jets, you know, was a salvaging performance and keeping that game at least close was a salvaging performance like a cementing performance i would say in terms of like getting the respect uh, of those players in that locker room and like you didn't see even when you know even from like maybe a half a second in that jets game but you didn't see tyree kill complaining you know about not getting the ball about the offense about anything and that's that's a big win for for mike mcdaniel because you brought in an outsider you brought in a superstar and he you know he lived up to it and i think That that was a huge win. And I think, you know, the defense, um, the individuals performing, whether it be Xavier Howard, who was, you know, he got beat a few times, but that man is a beast. Like he he goes after it every single time, you know, whether it be Holland, whether it be, you know, some players on that line, um, you you realize you have the individual talent. And so you just got to bring it together. And so I I don't think there's any question about the head coach. I don't think there's any question about the offense. I think there might be some question about the defensive coordinator, but I don't think they're big enough to have people freaking out or, or the players saying, Hey, we, we have to, you know, make some huge changes. So I think, yeah, I think he passes the first year test with flying colors.
0: I think that game brought up a lot of red flags for Buffalo Israel. Like Josh Allen was reckless with the football, which we know he can be. And if, if you look at, I mean, the Dolphins offense did vi- – they scored 31 points. They did very little on Sunday. You know, you look at the drives where they scored, it's it's four plays, 18 yards, uh, four plays, 10 yards, field goal, field goal. Like, they took advantage of the field position after these turnovers or after the, the big punt return from Cedric Wilson or when the Bills kicked the ball out of bounds on the kickoff. Like, the Dolphins offense did very little – The Bills really allowed the Dolphins to be in that game. I I think that's some red flags for Buffalo going into next week.
1: Yeah. Well, first, in regard to the Dolphins, I would say, um, if it's me, and I don't know if this is just because of, like, this Tom Brady experience. I have watched him for the last 20 years. But, like, you got to beef up the offensive line. Like, that's – you've got to protect your quarterback, not just because it's Tua, not just because he can, you know, seemingly injure his brain pretty easily – um, it's just it's just the formula for winning. And if you got four seconds back there comfortably where you're not like, you know, running around, you're going to find somebody open in the middle of that field or, or you know, 15 yards down in that field with that offense. So fix that offense or secure that offensive line, make sure it's, it's really strong first. Uh, but in terms of Buffalo, um, I think the overconfidence was always going to be a fear for Josh Allen um because you know he's got all the tools and it can easily just go the other way if he's making the wrong decisions and you know some of those decisions weren't great you know the xavian howard play um that was a good interception by him but it probably wasn't the smartest play you could see the dolphins sort of playing a little bit of their own what was played against them a little bit where they were taking away the intermediate and deep and said, all right, you're going to have to go short and you're going to have to make that decision quickly, which is the last thing Josh wants to do. He wants to dump off or check down, you know, after six or seven seconds of like scanning the field. So if you give it to him initially, he's probably not going to take it right away. So you take away the deep stuff and then you just kind of uh, adjust from there. And if he doesn't take what the defense gives him, they're going to, they're going to be moments like that. And so um, they're good enough to, 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 overcome that stuff but not when it comes in bunches like that against a good team so um it's gonna you know they're not gonna be able to recover from that type of stuff i would say going forward
0: let's uh let's talk a little bit about the heat here man you know the heat had the heat lose yesterday in atlanta uh you know y- you could say oh, it's a game that you should have they're gonna lose road games okay L- losing to losing at atlanta who, who has struggled this year that doesn't make me crazy. Uh, you know, should they have won the game? I, I guess. But you, you're going to lose road games, okay? So they, they lose yesterday. But overall, I, I, I feel like the Heat finally, for the first time this year, are trending in the right direction. What do you think?
1: I was so close to, to saying that until yesterday's game because what bothered me about yesterday was, like, it's the Hawks, and you're supposed to bully the Hawks, right? They did that in the playoffs. They usually do. You did that in the playoffs and you do that and you got 34 from Jimmy. You saw the one
0: stat they threw up there on TNT that the Heat have outscored the Hawks by like 90 something points the last three games.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think where, you know, you look for sort of signs that the Heat have like found something consistently um, and where I am not convinced that I found, they found anything as defensively, like. That was 59% shooting from the Hawks. And DeJounte Murray, like, he's a good player. He shouldn't be unguardable for any stretch of games. And he was for a stretch yesterday. And it's just like, all right, that shouldn't be the case. And so whether it's, you know, because maybe Bam is taking on more of an offensive presence, or maybe he's being asked to do too much defensively now, uh, as opposed to last year, like the defense just isn't what it was and until i can see that for like you know six seven game stretches i'm not going to feel real good about it because like yeah you could say what you just said about the atlanta game if the season started off the way you expected it if they were already you know eight to ten games over 500 but now when you're three four and fighting for that you know five maybe hoping to climb up as high as a four seed if you if you make a run like you need these types of games so that's where I'd say it's there's that level of disappointment. But, you know, Tyler Hero seems to always have a bad game when he comes back from an extended absence. So you should see that sort of, you know, come back right away. And, and it does feel like, what do you think about this? Just in terms of the entire uh, look of the heat right now. It feels like Jimmy and whomever he chooses to run the offense with, Victor Oladipo, Kyle Lowry, uh, Gabe Vincent, uh, Caleb Martin, seems like they're running a different game than Tyler and Bam. Like, it's like, it's almost like a your turn, my turn situation where it's like, hey, Tyler, Bam, you guys. Not, not Tyler, not Bam in particular, but it just feels like, you know, because Bam is more of the roller, Jimmy ends up wants to be in the post. And so he'll just run pick and rolls with somebody else. And Tyler and Bam are kind of running their pick and rolls. And I don't feel like they're a team in unison right now. I feel well, like their team is a little bit fragmented.
0: I certainly thought it was a problem with Tyler earlier in the year where you know with Tyler the I don't think it's as much of a problem now but it, it was bad where the ball will stick with Tyler. Tyler does a lot of one-on-one, it's a lot of dribbling and this Heat team who has never been a great offensive team the last few years, this Heat team is at their best ball movement. They move the ball around, they find the open guy and when Tyler has the ball, the ball sticks a lot, man. And hmm. the heater not in like like that's not that's not the offense that we saw last year when it was humming like the heater a bad half court team
1: yeah that's not what I see what I see with Tyler I don't see I don't think it's as much right now but hard. it was earlier in the year okay I mean I I, I mean I thought he was a guy who was moving the ball and sort of finding that part of his game and being and being a really willing passer I didn't I didn't see that necessarily as the problem I just didn't see. Um, well, first of all, it's not all on offense, right? I think I think the defense is more of the problem. I think they're not on the same page as they were in the past. But I do think that uh, there seems to be—I don't know—if if issues are going to show up on this team, or if there's going to be—if you're going to read into what this team is, uh, how they're getting along—I think offense is the way to is the way to see that. Um, and I just don't know if they're like together, together yet. Which would make sense because like they haven't had that stretch of wins where they can be fully confident in right. one another. Uh you know I think I think Jimmy's confident in himself. I think he's grown confidence uh in Bam. Um I think they still uh when I say they I mean the vets, I mean Jimmy and Kyle frankly. Uh I probably still looking to see a little bit more uh consistency from Tyler against, you know, the better defenses, but I think the way he's finished games, I think that you know the games that he's taken on responsibility when those guys were out and had big games, I think that should be enough to prove to them and to everybody that that he is good enough and they have enough. I just think they need to stay healthy for a stretch of like a dozen games and see what that looks like and then really have that confidence in each other because otherwise not saying that I don't think that they could do anything in the playoffs, but otherwise it's going to be the same thing, it's going to be all Jimmy or nothing. And while, you know, he's pretty good in the playoffs and can do that for you, you you want to progress past that.
0: Do you think they're trying to move Kyle Lowry?
1: Uh, I think it would be smart of them if they could to move him and get a younger, maybe, you know, better shooting uh, or not even better shooting, a more active shooter, like a guy who looking for his points. uh, I
0: I would get rid of him for nothing. Really? Yeah, like I'm not saying cut him. You can't cut him. Then you got to pay the contract. But like like I would get rid of him for just some filler that would get off the books at the end of this year. I would trade him for nothing.
1: I wouldn't do that just because of like I don't know, it's a vibes thing. Like it was his Jimmy's guy. And to cut like him how like how much that do you think that dismissive. plays a
0: role? That it's like that it's Jimmy's guy. Jimmy would be upset because I'm just like he just guaranteed Jimmy like $200 million, you know?
1: It, uh... I think it plays a slight role. I think it plays a slight role, but I, I think more than anything, it plays a common sense role. It's just like sort of an ego role. Like, why would I give him away for nothing? Like, I got to get something back. Whether it be, you know, uh, a useful power forward that can, you know, play in the rotation, uh, so, you know, a, a big, uh, you know, uh, maybe a, even a, a, a starting power forward if, if you want somebody with some bulk um, I, I think you'd have to get something back. I think there has to be something of a market for him because otherwise, you just you just keep him and you just. make I'm him glad work, you're saying you think
0: there's su- that there may be some kind of market for him because I I don't know I don't see it I, I, don't, I don't I mean it's not
1: necessarily for him I mean there might be you know a team like the Lakers who could use a, a him instead of a Kendrick Nunn but are they gonna you know find a way to give back thirty million dollars in, con- in contracts probably not um, but yeah I. I I just if you are going to have to give him away, I think you're better off keeping him. I think you're better off keeping him without the embarrassment of having to give him away after after acquiring him and and without sort of the danger of saying, hey, what's going to happen if we cut or if we if we trade him for nothing like Jimmy might be pretty
0: pissed. Is there any chance that they could bring him off the bench when he returns?
1: I think there's a chance you can convince him of that. Yeah. Um, I think his ego will take a hit, but I think he's, he's definitely at the point where, you know, what's the argument? Like uh, there, there are players better than, or with a better track record than him uh, with a better individual resume than him who are coming off the bench. Um, How
0: how about a player who wore number three, who came off the bench on this team? How about him?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if you want to point to Russell Westbrook, no, he doesn't have a title, but he's got an MVP and that guy's coming off the bench. And so um, it, you're going to have to convince me why that's necessarily better for this team uh, because, you know, I feel like the activity and the potential sort of outburst that gave uh, offensive outburst that Gabe can give you off the bench might be better. Um, especially if you're talking about bringing Oladipo off the bench as well. Um, I don't think you need Kyle coming off there, but I think maybe minutes
2: dropping a little bit,
1: like, you know, like, yeah, 24 a game or, or so and see if uh you know because Gabe's been playing great and if if the other shooters sort of get into a rhythm like uh we haven't seen Kyle since he's been here really been a you know a laser as LeBron likes to call him and oh, so it's such not like
0: Israel has been such a disappointment he's yeah. been such a disappointment
1: so I think that would probably be the first way to go it's just like hey when you're in there uh i don't even know if you tell him to try to get his because he probably shouldn't be but just you know make the most out of it and you know get exhausted because you're probably not going to play as many minutes as you thought
0: what are you watching these days what's on television what are we what are we sitting down what are we binging have you uh you seen your honor on on showtime okay so i see the first of all i don't get showtime right now every now and then i'll subscribe to it when i see there's a show on that i Mm want to watch like when like when Billions is on. All right, we got to subscribe for the next six months, you know. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But I see these clips for Your Honor, and I obviously know the show. I didn't watch season one. Even though I thought it looked great, obviously, Brian Cranston. I'm surprised there's a season two, because I feel like even if you didn't watch the first season, you kind of know the direction it was going in. So they have season two of this, Your Honor, and I feel like I want to watch it.
1: So if you get easily frustrated with shows where people make bad decisions, um, then it's gonna, there will be a couple of moments where you're just like, man, I'm just going to have to power through that and yeah. not really think about it. Uh, but for the most part, the storylines and, and just sort of the, the, the clashes and the tension that it sets up. Um, I think it's really cool. Uh, it was in that respect, it was written really well, uh, little details and such maybe could have been written better. Um, I also, as it was going, was like, how is this going to be a season two? Like, this must be a Brian Cranston season one limit. It might be a two-season limit, but there's definitely something there for season two. So I, I really liked it. And, I mean, it's season two feels like go get Cranston an Emmy season because, you know, it started because off he with grew him a in a very... Yeah, he grew a beard and lost some weight. I think that was the thing. Grew a beard, lost some weight, and now all of a sudden he's, uh, he's Daniel Day-Lewis.
0: I'm watching uh, on Apple TV. I'm watching Blackbird. Have you heard of this Blackbird?
1: Is that the one with the,
0: the guy with the really high voice? Yes. Yeah, yeah yes. I've seen it. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm like halfway through it. I didn't know anything about this show. I love prison movies. I just, I don't know. I got this weird thing with prison. All right. I don't ever want to go to prison because <laughs> I would definitely be holding someone's pocket if I was in prison. Uh-huh. I'm very afraid of prison, but I want to watch prison stuff. All right. And so someone recommended Blackbird to me and Taryn Egerton. I feel like Taryn Egerton might be like the next big young actor. He is, he is, fan- you that's know, he the was, main character. Yeah. And he was out yes, uh... in John and Rocket Man. Uh, okay. He was, he starred in all the Kingsman movies. Uh, I think Taryn Egerton is fantastic. And so uh, I'm halfway through this Blackbird and that guy, Paul Walter Hauser, who plays the, you know, the bad guy, essentially, with the high voice. He won, you know, uh the Golden Globe for uh, the other day for this show, apparently. Did he? I yeah.
1: found myself, yeah, I found myself doing that voice after every episode. <laughs>
0: I, I'm obsessed, I'm halfway through, I'm obsessed with this show. I love it. I So, that I'm really into And isn't right it based on a
1: true story? I think so.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, and- it was good. It was good. And, and I think, I feel like I
1: asked you this before, but did you watch uh, the other one with Stanley Tucci? Um it's another prison movie, if you will. Oh. Um, it's called Inside Man.
0: Oh no, I haven't seen that. Okay. That one's that one's
1: very well worth your time too. I think okay. that's on Apple TV Plus as well.
0: I love prison movies and time travel movies. I'll watch anything involving mm. those two.
1: And you've mentioned that before. Time travel's kind oh, of your thing.
0: Love it. Lo- Would you go in the past or in the future if you could time travel?
1: Oh man. I would go in the past. Yeah, I go the past. Now, the too. future seems like it's way too many issues, like way too many diseases coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm going with the past for sure. Yeah.
0: I don't I don't want to go the future because for all I know, it's like dark side finding the uh 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 the y- you know, he's turned the future like upside down. You know, he found the anti-life equation, and then I'm stuck in that nightmare sequence with Batman. I don't want that.
1: Yeah. And I would go in the past, even if you don't know, like if you know that you're going in the past and not knowing what happens, like I'd much rather be like, oh, okay, figure things out in the past. I feel like I'd be way better than figuring things out when like a 100 years from now, when like TikTok was an old thing, like I'd be lost. I'd be lost.
0: (laughs) Israel, excellent job. Tell everyone when you're going to be on television again. What do you got going on?
1: Uh, well, there was yesterday um, oh, I'll be on debatable. That's a streaming show if you can catch it on your phone or something. That's uh, the today. one that I, that like tomorrow. highly questionable
0: turned into, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I'll be doing that well, recording that today. I think it's out tomorrow.
0: What about NBA? you got an NBA coming up? No. all right. do you need me to put in the <laughs> word with anyone? That's the
1: CJ on? McCollum podcast on Thursday. Drops I, on Thursday.
0: You know, I told I told you that a few years ago, I was in the running to do that show with CJ McCollum. Yeah. I told you that.
1: Not good enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Israel, excellent job. Thank you, pal. I appreciate it. All right,
1: so Have a good one, man.
0: Excellent job there by our pal, Israel Gutierrez. Of course, you can catch him there on Around the Horn and, and I don't know, maybe NBA games. You heard he doesn't really know. Uh, and he's undebatable. So you make sure you check out our friend there, Israel Gutierrez. Hey, If you're looking for a place to watch the NFL games this weekend, divisional round games, I'm not sure if I'm going to be there Saturday or Sunday, I'll let you know, but definitely going to be there this weekend. I'm going to be at Briney Irish Pub, Pompano Beach. That's where I'm going to check out the NFL divisional round games this weekend. You know, all throughout the regular season, they have the NFL Sunday ticket, but you're still going to go to Briney because we got live music every single night. Live music every single night, 7 Nights a week at the Briny, world's greatest upscale dive bar, really easy to get there, Atlantic Boulevard, all the way to the Atlantic Ocean, but don't park in the ocean, park behind the Briny where you got free parking, they're going to validate your tag, alright, but you go to the back of Briny, you park right there in the lot, you're not going to have to pay for parking, and of course, you got the Briny Hour, that's happy hour, every weeknight, 4 to 7, tonight, Mahi Taco Specials, those are new! Tonight, Mahi Taco Specials, and of course, like I said, all your games, Heat games, Panther games, and of course, the NFL Divisional Games this weekend. Briny Irish Pub, Pompano Beach, world's greatest upscale dive bar. Let's get to Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. Yes, you know it. That's what I'm talking about. Big Deal or Not a Big Deal is how we wrap up every show, and here's what I got for you first. Been waiting to get this so we know. Big story from last night was this Brett Maher, kicker for the Cowboys. You've never seen it before. Misses four extra points in a row. Misses four extra points. Unbelievable. I was surprised. Israel did not feel bad for him. I'll tell you who else didn't feel bad for him was Peyton Manning on the Manning cast. Go.
2: <laughs> yeah, going left, throwing back right in the end zone. Oh, my God. You've got to be kidding me. I've never seen anything like it. Why what are we kicking on? it? Why are we kicking it? What is going? He can't believe it. Talk about a buzzkill. No one's ever missed three field, three extra points in a row. That's kind of a guy at halftime of a playoff game. That'd be a record.
0: He was ruthless. Eli was like in shock. Peyton was angry. Uh, it, it's a big deal. I mean, it's a big deal. First of all, I've, I've never heard anyone ask if a player should be cut by half or can be cut by halftime. But, yeah, it's a big deal. The Cowboy fan, can you imagine? You're in – it's seconds remaining in in, uh, in San Francisco this weekend, and and you need to rely on this uh, this Brett Maher to win you with a 53-yard field goal? Hey, you're not going to feel – like, Jason Sanders thinks he sucks. Anyway, that's a big deal right there. Big deal or not a big deal. So, yesterday, tickets became available for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania. This, this has only been a thing, like, for the past few years where – Movie's coming out in a month, February seventeenth. Although, really, it starts showing at theaters Thursday afternoon, February sixteenth. And you buy tickets like a concert or a sporting event in advance. So yesterday, a month in advance, bought tickets for Ant-Man and the Wasp: Pantomania. That's a big deal, right there. Taking my younger son. We're going to the afternoon showing. I pick him up from school on that Thursday. Go right to the theater. I, I got to see the start of the Kang Dynasty. This Ant-Man movie looks awesome. I think Scott Lang is going to die. Like, that's the tone and tenor I, I'm i getting from the trailers. I think Scott Lang is going to die. So I'm going big deal. Already tickets are available now for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. How about Charles Barkley last, yesterday? So the games were on TNT yesterday afternoon. And they're talking about the New York Knicks. Now, the Knicks ended up losing yesterday in overtime. Jalen Brunson missed a three. That would have won it. He had 32 points. Raptors hang on 123-121. And uh, uh, Barkley, not much of a believer in the Knicks.
2: Still about a fifth seed, fifth, sixth seed. They're probably another piece away from trying to be an elite team. LeBron? Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, <hell yeah. laughs> hey, no, The Lakers hey, are on the bridge. The, the Knicks are a good little solid team. They play hard, <laughs> and that's it. Yes, made a that's big- it. How are you going to say LeBron, and you always say the Lakers are terrible? No, I'm talking about the, you said that they're a player away. I'm like, LeBron, no, Giannis? No, no, they're not that. <laughs> KD, that's not no, that they far. Wait, they're not even close, Ken. He's it's are from New York, right? Yeah, hey, I know. Yeah, I'm I'm Who's ready for Game Two of our doubleheader? Good, Didn't so am I. Terrible. That's what Kareem. Kareem. let's go to Memphis. <laughs> Will, <laughs> <Ridley's> Magic, Spurs. <Bird. laughs> I'm
0: going not a big deal. I don't think anyone. Look, Knicks are an average team. They're a game up on Miami. Actually, they're 25 and 20. Uh, I, I mean, it, and the joke kind of fell flat. He had to explain it to Kenny, the joke. I mean, I understood the joke, but he had to explain it there to Kenny. So it fell flat. I'm going not a big deal. Finally, big deal or not a big deal. So WWE Raw was last night. Great show. Oh, my God. My stories are so good. And Royal Rumble is in less than two weeks. It's on Saturday night, the 28th. It's going to be a monster. It's the first Royal Rumble and then into WrestleMania season that Triple H is in charge. For now, right? Anyway, Royal Rumble is going to be amazing. So they've been throwing up these vignettes the last few weeks about Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare returning. And last night it was announced Cody Rhodes is returning at Raw Rumble. This is a big deal, and I hate this. I don't understand why they had to announce that Cody Rhodes is returning at the Raw Rumble. It's such a bummer. You're not getting extra viewers because you said that Cody Rhodes is returning. Not because you're not getting extra viewers because of Cody Rhodes. It's that you're not getting extra viewers for Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble is uh, most WWE fans' favorite show of the year. At least second favorite behind WrestleMania. Everyone who is even slightly interested in WWE is already watching Royal Rumble. It's the most fun show. You're not getting any extra viewers Because he announced Cody Rhodes. Everyone's already tuned in. The casual fan is already going to tune in to Royal Rumble. Why couldn't it be a surprise? One of the great Royal Rumble moments was when John Cena, however many years ago it was, came back way early from injury. He was the number 30 entrant at Madison Square Garden Royal Rumble. His music hits. Everyone goes crazy. He has the feud with Triple H. He wins the Royal Rumble, John Cena. Amazing moment. It wouldn't have been as good as they announced, hey, Cena, he's returning at Royal Rumble. why do you have to announce that Cody Rhodes is returning? Let it be a surprise. I hate this. This is a big deal. I'm glad he's returning, but I hate that they took that surprise out of it. And that right there is another addition. A big deal or not a big deal. Well, I'm, I'm very fired up over Cody Rhodes. That was the most fired up I was today. Much more fired up over that than anything else. All right. That's going to do it. Panthers tonight. Let's go. I'll feel real good about the Panthers. You can win in Toronto this evening. Anyway, uh, make sure you like, you rate, you comment, you do all that good stuff. Check out the show as well. YouTube.com slash at show. We post it there also. Thanks Israel Gutierrez who joined us. Hey, thanks to everybody involved in putting together a great show today. You guys were all wonderful. We'll talk to you on Zaslow's show 2.0 tomorrow. Know what that means. You know, when my wife and I became homeowners, I mean, keeping the Zaslow mansion safe, that's not an easy task unless you call Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. If you're looking for affordable care that offers the best coverage for your home, your motorcycle, your car, your boat, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services, their team has the expertise and experience to find the right coverage for you, including comprehensive policies For both trailers and motorhomes, let their team help you learn more about your policy options so you can make an informed decision that's not going to keep you up at night. Bruntinsurance.com. When it comes to home, renters, and condo insurance, your options, hey, it, it, it can be dizzying. Don't worry. They specialize in making the confusing crystal clear with their fully licensed team helping you along every step of the way. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204.